Good morning, Elmwood Park Community Church family. I'm so glad to be with you this morning. I hope that you had a blessed and wonderful Christmas with your family, uh, or whatever it is you did uh, for Christmas. I hope that you had a great time. Uh, I'm so excited about what's been going on here and how our Christmas service was last week, and, and I hope that you have had an opportunity to watch that or you took part in person. Uh, at any rate, we are about to turn a corner on a new year, and so I want to start out this morning by asking you a question. Could this be the year? Could this be the year that you and I conquer the power of sin in our own lives through Jesus Christ? Uh, I worry sometimes that as as Christians and as a church, we send a mixed message. We say things like, when a person comes to faith in Christ, uh, they still make mistakes. And, and it's almost like sometimes we say that as as an out. Um, which is true, though. Uh, we still will struggle with sin. That's something that we're going to struggle with. It's going to be an ongoing uh, situation as we are conformed into the image of Christ. But I worry that sometimes we use this struggle as a defense. Uh, and we'll say things like, oh, it's okay. Everyone makes mistakes. Um, you'll, you'll find forgiveness in Christ, which is true. We will find forgiveness in Christ. But I don't want us to use this as a crutch. Uh, our lifelong struggle shouldn't define us. Uh, it has to become something that, that we're, we're moving beyond, that we're maturing in. Take a look with me uh, in your Bible this morning, 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, where it says this, My children, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's the propitiation for our sin, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So should we sin? Absolutely not. That's, that's something that we have victory over in Christ. John here has written uh, this passage to tell us and to encourage us not to sin. My dear children, he writes, I write this to you so that you will not sin. In fact, that, so that's his that's his thesis. That's his point. That's what he wants. But will we sin? It seems likely because he continues saying, if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So the point I want to make here is the fact that we may sin and that Christ speaks to us, uh, speaks for us to the Father in our defense, that doesn't give us an excuse to be lazy. Uh, it doesn't give us an excuse for sinful living. living. Listen to Paul on this note. Uh, in Romans 6, one through seven, it says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, 
so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. My point this morning is, uh, is the question that I posed at the beginning of this message. Could this be the year that we move beyond sin and the power of sin in our lives? Could this be the year that, that we find uh, that we can conquer the power of sin through Jesus Christ? The secret of victory over sin, and this sounds weird saying, saying it's a secret. It's not really a secret. It's right here in Scripture. First John chapter 1, verse 7, he says this, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Now, see, Scripture teaches over and over, God is light. Uh, and when we walk in the light, nothing can hide. Uh, I have lights on in here today so that uh, there's no shadows on my face. There's no uh, shadows on the wall. We have it uh, lit so that it looks um, clear and clean and, and not shadowy. To walk in the light in this context means to be honest with God, with ourselves, and with others. And so as we walk into 2021, that's a question we need to ask. Have we been walking honestly with God, with ourselves, and with others? Uh, it means that when the light reveals our sin, we immediately confess it. We don't hide it. We don't try to, um, to cover it over. If our sin injures another person, we ask them for their forgiveness as well. Our spiritual health and the health of the church is affected when we seek forgiveness of God and the forgiveness of one another. That strengthens our relationship with both God and each other. Walking in the light also means obeying God's word. As we read in 1 John 2, verse 3, it says this, And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Uh, there's a lot taught in scripture about this, that, that what we do shows what we believe. Uh, and, and so here, in this case, if we obey his commandments, it shows that we have come to know him as Lord and Savior. In, in essence, obedience to God's word is proof of our love for him. There are three motives for obedience I want to examine. We're going to examine these for a little bit this morning. It says this, uh, first, we can obey because we have to, we can obey because we need to, and we can obey because we want to. A slave obeys because he must. Uh, scripture talks about uh, us being in a position, uh, God is the master and, and we belong to him. So we, we, we have this, this idea that, uh, we must obey. If a slave doesn't obey, he's punished. Uh, an employee obeys because he needs to, he may not enjoy his work, uh, but he does enjoy getting paid. Uh, the employee must, uh, obey in order to feed, uh, his family, uh, put food on the table, uh, pay bills and so forth. A Christian should obey his heavenly father, however, because he wants to. The relationship between the Christian and the father is a relationship of love. And here's the rub. We often don't obey because we love something else more. So that's something I want you to think about this morning as we continue in scripture. Is there something I'm loving more than God that is hindering my obedience? John 14 Verse 15 says this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Very short, uh, what is that? Uh, uh, nine words, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is the same way that we learn obedience when we are children. First, we obey our parents because we have to, right? When we're little, uh, our parents uh, are the ones in charge. They tell us what to do. If we don't do it, uh, we can be punished. 
as we grew up, we discovered that obedience often uh, included uh, this idea of enjoyment and reward. If we were obedient, uh, we would often uh, find things went better. So we started obeying because certain needs in our lives were met. They were rewarded. We were uh, granted allowance or privileges, etc. And then the mark of real maturity began to show in our lives when we began to obey our parents because we loved them. Here's what I'm saying this morning. If we take this into a spiritual context, uh, baby Christians, new Christians must constantly be warned of what scripture says. Paul and John and other writers of the gospels and the epistles talk about this repeatedly. This could possibly be the place that you find yourself today. You're new in your Christian walk and you obey because you're afraid of the outcome. Uh, If you don't obey, maybe you're fearful of punishment. Things won't work out. Uh, There's a threat. There's a fear. Young Christians, those who have gone and and grown beyond the baby stage, may seek to obey God because they they get some perceived award or reward. Uh, There are whole denominations and theological systems built on this level of immaturity. Uh, If I do what scripture says, then I'll get something. Health and wealth gospel is one of those. There are other uh, gospels, uh, other denominations, theological systems that are built on that idea that if you do something, you'll get something. Some of you may be stuck here as well. You obey because of a perceived reward, a blessing, a health, a wealth, a happiness, a heaven even, whatever it might be. Now, this third category, the maturity category, the mature Christian listens to God's word Uh, And we do that primarily by reading it, by spending time in it, studying it, memorizing it, uh, and learning about what it says. So we spend time in God's word, we listen to it, and we obey it simply because we love God. This takes us all the way back around to the initial question. Could this be the year that you and I conquer our own sin in the power of Jesus Christ? Which is to say this, is this the year I will become a mature Christian? Walking in the light involves honesty, obedience, and love. Again, it involves following the example of Christ. First uh, John chapter 2, verse 6, in the, in the English Standard Version, which is the one we use normally, says this, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. The NIV says it this way, Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Uh, so there's, there's, our, there's our direction. There's our guidance. There's what we're supposed to do. Uh, if we claim that we live in Christ then we must walk as Jesus did. No one ever became a Christian by following Christ's example. That would be salvation by works. I know when I said that, you might've gone, huh, that doesn't sound right. But think about it. We don't become a Christian by imitating Christ. But after we come into God's family, through the sacrifice that Christ made for us, on uh, on the merit of his work and his sacrifice alone, we then look to Christ as the one great example uh, the great example of the kind of life that we should live. Scripture calls this abiding. This abiding in Christ, this staying connected to Christ, uh, reveals the perfect pattern for us in our daily life. Walking in the light means living here on earth the way Jesus lived when he was here and the way he is right now in heaven. Listen carefully. First John chapter 4, 13 through 17 says this, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. They stay connected. 
So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected within us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. Uh, He is the example and as he is, we are the way he is. This is extremely practical application here for our daily lives. For example, what should a believer do when another believer sins against him? Well, we look to the pattern of scripture that we have studied and learned, uh, meditated upon uh, in our reading and our time with God. Uh, Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So what do we do when somebody sins against us? Somebody hurts us, somebody wrongs us? Uh, We forgive them. Why? Because God in Christ forgave us. Scripture lays out and teaches us the way that we should go. It lays out the pattern by which we should walk. No matter what area of life that we may be in, our responsibility is to do what Jesus would do, to imitate Christ. 1 John 4, 17 says, By this love is perfected with with us, so that we may have the confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, also are we in this world. The ESV, uh, again, First John 2, 6, whoever abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walks. So there's this idea in scripture that the abiding, connected walk with Christ is a walk of, of imitating Christ, doing the things that he did. This is what Jesus taught the disciples. As they walked uh, and as he taught them for the three years that they were together, he, he repeatedly asked them and told them and, and, and modeled for them the way that they should go. Do you remember the illustration of the vine and the branches uh, in chapter 15 of the book of John? Uh, they were in the garden, uh, uh, in a vineyard, literally, uh, and Jesus used an example of the vines with the, the apostles, and he said, look at the vines and see how the branches are connected to the vines. And he reminded them that the, the, that the branch gets its life from the vine. Uh, In the same way, we, as, if you will, in this metaphor, branches must stay connected to the vine that is Jesus Christ in order to remain connected with him and to receive our strength and to receive our life. To abide in Christ literally means to stay connected with with him, to depend completely upon him for all we need in order to live for him and to serve him. It's a living relationship. It's not... Um, an artificial relationship. It's not uh, a, a, a relationship of, of do's and don'ts and checklists. Uh, as he lives out his life through us, we are to follow the example that he has set and walk in the way that he has walked. Paul expresses this experience uh, perfectly in Galatians 2, chapter 2, verse 20. It says this, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live. This is a reference to the work of the Holy Spirit. Christ is our advocate. He's the, the intermediary. He's the heavenly representative that, between, that is between us uh, and God the Father when we sin. The Holy Spirit is God's advocate for us here on earth. 
Christ is making intercession for us, and the Holy Spirit is also interceding for us. God's Son prays for us in heaven, and the and God the Spirit prays for us in our hearts. We have fellowship with the Father through the Son, and the Father has fellowship with us through the Spirit. Now, I love this quote. This is a, I don't often quote folks, but I don't know, the last couple, three or four weeks, there's been some uh, things that I've read that really stood out. This is by Warren Wiersbe, and I love this quote. It says this. It says, Christ lives out his life through us by the power of the Spirit who lives within our bodies. It is not by means of imitation that we abide in Christ as we have walked, as he walked. He says this, no, it is instead through incarnation, through his Spirit, because Christ lives in me. So he, he says it's, it's more than imitation, isn't it? To walk in the light is to walk in the spirit and not to live in the way of sinful flesh. We live and walk in the incarnation. And that's what we just talked about last Sunday, that Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, came as, as the incarnation of God in this world. Uh, and now the incarnation is in us. Uh, Christ has returned to heaven, but he has left with us the gift of the Holy Spirit. If we know him and we follow him, uh, the incarnation is alive. God has made provisions for us in these ways to conquer sin. We can never lose or change the sin nature we were born with. Uh, It's part and parcel. 1 John 1.8 reminds us if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We are not bound, however, by its desires. As we walk in the light, we can see sin for what it actually is. That's one of the reasons I, I encourage you to read and study scripture and, pin, and spend time with the Father, spend time praying, spend time with other Christians. We do this because as we do it, the light reveals our sin for what it is, and we learn to hate it and turn from it. If we sin, we confess it to God. By depending on the power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us, we abide in Christ and we walk as he walked. But all this begins with openness and honesty before God and men. It all begins with maturity. The minute we start to act a part, to pretend, to impress others, we step out of light and into the shadows. This is not about uh, a mask. This is not about a, a pretend person that I put on in front of others. The life that is real, Scripture teaches, cannot be built upon things that are deceptive. Before, before we can walk in the light, we must know ourselves accept ourselves, and yield ourselves to God. It is foolish to try to deceive ourselves, uh, try to deceive others or ourselves for that matter, because God already knows what we really are, right? It's, it's fruitless to try to deceive others, and it's fruitless to try to deceive ourselves because God, because God already knows who we are. In John 8, verse 29, Jesus said this, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I will always do the things that are pleasing to him. It is he who sent uh, me that is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Uh, We are not alone. We are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Christ is with us. We ought to do the same as he does, to make it our life's goal to walk in order to please God. And if we try to live in such a way as to please God and ourselves, it's a sure recipe for failure. It is as if we're trying to serve two masters. Uh, Serving two masters never works. John makes it clear here that the life that is real has no love for sin. The life that is real 
has no love for sin. Instead of trying to cover up sin and pretend it's not there, we just need to confess it. We need to admit it. We need to believe that, uh, the, the truth about ourselves and bring it to the Father. Instead of pretending it's not there, a true believer confesses sin and attempts to conquer it by walking in the light of God's word. He's not content simply to know he is going to heaven. He wants to know and enjoy the heavenly life here and now. And isn't that what Jesus said? I have come to bring life, life abundant in this moment. There's going to be trouble in this world. Behold, there, there will be trouble. But take heart, I have overcome. Jesus Christ came to bring us the abundant life, and that abundant life starts now. Could this be the year that you and I conquer sin in our own lives, in the power of Jesus Christ, and begin walking as mature Christians? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time that you've given us this morning to to study your word. Um, man, it was deep. Uh, the the book of John, uh, some of what Paul said in Galatians and the book of 1 John uh, have spoken to us and laid a groundwork of, of what we need to do and what we need to think about. Um, I pray, Lord, that we will walk in the light. I pray, Lord, that we will commit our lives again afresh to you. Uh, that we will walk in the light as you are in the light. Lord, forgive us where we have failed you. Uh, Lord, could this be the year that we become mature Christians? I know that's what you want and that's what you desire. Uh, so the answer in you is yes. Uh, the question we have to answer is what do, what do we want? What's in our heart? Uh, Lord, give us the strength and the power uh, in in you to stop fooling ourselves, stop trying to fool others, and begin to truly, wholeheartedly walk in the light with you. Lord, fill us from your word this year. Uh, I pray, Lord, that that as we consider and look forward to, to 2021, um, we'll spend time in the word. We'll commit to spending time reading, to studying, uh, to spending time with other Christians, uh, being part of, of worship together. Uh, Lord, uh, be a part of serving the community together. Um, Lord, we love you, and we pray and ask that you do something amazing in us this year, Lord, that, that we might finally become the mature Christian that you want us to be in your power and in your strength and for your glory. Lord, we pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.